Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Believe in Jaguars. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined by former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbor. Clay, how are we doing on this beautiful Thursday? You know, we're feeling good. We got a big win in this weekend, so uh, so we're happy over here. Duvall's back on the winning track. Big win against the Las Vegas Raiders. Every time I say Raiders, I always want to say Oakland. It's it's just something natural in me. Yeah, and um, a big win. Obviously, the Raiders aren't doing well, but the Jaguars did something not a lot of us thought they could, and that's come back from a from a deficit and win a football game. So. That was promising, and uh, you know I liked what I saw, obviously, from our main man, T-Law, Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. Travis Etienne, but also the defense stepped up and got some big stops. So it was a good team win overall, and now we're getting ready to go and play one of the best teams in the league and, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league in the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think it's an exciting time here in Duval. Actually, neither of us are in Duval. Um, yeah. I'm in New York City, and Jordan's in – uh, Kansas City right now, but uh, right. You know, the home is where the heart is. We're not in Duval, but we're there in spirit and uh, excited to talk about this upcoming game and everything Jaguars. Yeah, actually, I said I led this off with this beautiful Thursday. It's not so beautiful for the folks down in Florida right now. Yeah. And thoughts and prayers to everyone who's being impacted by uh, by the hurricane down there. And I know Jacksonville is mostly just getting a lot of rain and, and some wind and it's not too bad in Jacksonville, but thoughts and prayers, to everyone down there, thoughts and prayers to our house. Hopefully we come back and everything's looking all right out there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's get into this. Chiefs are nine and a half home, nine and a half point home favorites as we've got Alice coming down here. The in-laws dog coming to say hi. Oh, <laughs> But yeah, the Chiefs are nine and a half point home favorites against the Jaguars. That's moved down a little bit, but still, you're talking about close to double digit home favorites. They're the clear team that everyone's looking to win this game, right? It started, I think, at 10 or 10 and a half. So it hasn't moved a ton, but it's gone slightly towards the Jaguars, uh, ever so slightly. ESPN FPI gives um, the Chiefs an 84% chance to win over the Jaguars. So clearly, I mean, this is not a game that anyone is predicting the Jaguars to go out and win in Kansas City, in Arrowhead. This is one of the most difficult places to play. You're going against the best quarterback in the NFL, in both of our opinions. Um, You're going against the best tight end in the NFL, probably the best tight end of all time. Yeah. Definitely in that conversation. I think he is. At this point, um, I mean, we can get to that, but I I think – it goes Kelsey, Gronk, Gonzalez, Sharp. Love it. Got to throw in Kellen Winslow Sr. too, right? One of the originals, the OGs. I would throw in Junior. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if he kept his head on straight, he might have been all right. But yeah, uh, we don't need to go there right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and you've got Andy Reid, who is a legendary NFL head coach, in my opinion, um, going against – Doug Peterson, one of his pupils, right? A guy that Andy Reid coached, a guy that Andy Reid employed as a coach on his staff. You've got Doug Peterson who coached in Kansas City as the offensive coordinator, returning to Kansas City. I mean, this matchup 
between we've had a lot of these this year for Doug Peterson, right? Going up against Carson Wentz or Frank Reich or, or all these people and players that he has connections to. Andy Reid is the one that goes back the furthest. Was his coach back in the '90s and was the first NFL head coach to give Doug Peterson a shot in this league as a a, a, a offensive as an offensive coach, assistant offensive coach. So big storyline there in my yeah. opinion. During my four-year tenure with the Philadelphia Eagles, um, with under Andy Reid, Andy Reid who drafted me, the quarterback coach was Doug Peterson. That's where I met Doug. And him and Andy are very tight. It's, you know, it's a teacher and a student type relationship, but that blossomed and now they're each other's peers. And then after they left Philly, then you see Doug obviously goes and he's Andy's uh, offensive coordinator. And Andy mostly calls the plays. He gave Doug free reign for one of the first times from Andy Reid. He would let Marty Morningway call the play sometimes in Philadelphia. He gave Andy Reid the full uh, – or gave Doug Peterson the full go, the full gambit to call the plays. It was a guy that, you know, Andy really got started. So it's going to be – probably going to be an interesting day for Doug to look across the sideline and see his coach there. I know he's played against him before, but it's always it's always probably a, a cool, cool deal for him to play against Coach Reid. I know they're both so tight. Yeah, and in Arrowhead, I mean, forget the fact that the Chiefs have, like we said, the best quarterback, one of the best coaches, one of the best tight ends. You know, Chris Jones is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league, bar none, one of the best defenders in the league. Forget about all that. Just going into Arrowhead and playing with that fan base, with with the noise that they bring. You know, I've been there. I know you've been there. Yeah. That is a crazy place to be, a crazy place to play. Yeah, it's, uh, I've played there before. That place gets loud. Can't hear yourself think. And those Chiefs fans, I know you're out there in Kansas City, but those Chiefs fans are uh, are pretty intense, man. I went to school in Missouri as well. went to college out there, and and they love their Chiefs, and they're diehards, and they're going to heckle you. So it's going to be a tough environment. But I have a feeling that the Jaguars are going to come to play. I know it's a big – you know, it's a long shot, but something tells me – that this game is going to be closer than what people think it is. Because if you look at the Jaguars games, they played against a team that supposedly that is, I think, the best team in the league. That's the Philadelphia Eagles Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. That's not an easy place to play. I played there for four years. Tough place to play. You go back and watch that tape. If Trevor Lawrence that game doesn't fumble the ball 17 times and and throw a pick, the the Jaguars – have a good chance to win against the best team in the league. The Jaguars aren't your typical three and six team. They're the only team in the NFL, the only team that has a losing record, but they have more points for than points against. Mm-hmm. That shows you what kind of team the Jaguars is. They can play with every team. They've lost every game by a possession that they've lost. They've been in every game. They should have won most of them. This team isn't going to get blown out. I got a good feeling that the Jaguars are going to go down there. The Chiefs are going to kind of overlook them a little bit. And the Jaguars are going to keep this thing close. And I think it's going to be – it's going to come down to the last few plays. Mahomes versus Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence got a chance here. Yeah. If, you can take down, if you can take down Patrick Mahomes, there's no way to announce your presence better than taking down the best quarterback and the best coach in the league. If they do that, Duvall's going to be happy. I know we'll yeah. be happy. 
And there's going to be a lot of people looking back at the Jaguars and saying, wow, this team's got something here. Yeah. So I'm excited to see this game. Yeah, and when you look at the Jaguars, you know, they're three and six on the season. They are coming off a big win against the Raiders, who is not – that's not a team playing good football right now. Obviously, yeah. the Raiders are not. Um, both of those teams were 0-10 in one-score games entering that contest. The Jaguars have now gotten themselves to 1-6 and in one-score wow. contests. So wow. crazy stuff. But, yeah, the Jaguars, they have not lost a game by more than one score all year, as you mentioned. So, yeah, it, it lines up to be a close contest, um, certainly in this one. Chiefs are not flawless, and we'll get into all that stuff. Uh, but I just want to say, as you mentioned, if Trevor didn't start fumbling the ball like crazy, if he didn't throw those two interceptions, um, the interception in, in the end zone against the Texans and the interception in the end zone against the Broncos, you're probably talking about a team that's close to first place in the division right now. Yeah. And you can also put that on Doug for not running the ball in some of these situations as well, in my opinion. Uh, there's blame to go around, but bottom line, if Trevor did not, make some of those mistakes this team is probably probably five and four six and three yeah. um so yeah i think that the jaguars that's that just goes to the point they are a team that is very close to winning some of these games and they were able to do it last week uh, we'll see if they can do it against the chiefs and we'll get into it right now but first i'd like to remind you follow clay on twitter at clay harbs 82 myself at jordan delugo Make sure to subscribe and review to Believe in Jags if you enjoy the show. Really appreciate y'all's support. So we'll talk about some injuries real quick. The Jaguars have some injuries going on. Shaquille Griffin, he's still on IR, starting outside cornerback. Caleb on still on IR, rotational edge rusher. Uh, but among the players on the 53, Evan Ingram was limited with a back injury on Wednesday. Rayshon Jenkins is still in the concussion protocol after leaving the win against the Raiders. Uh, I think if you don't see Evan Ingram, you'll see a lot more Dan Arnold in this one, which doesn't really concern me too much. Uh, right. If you don't have Rayshon Jenkins, you're going to see a lot of Andrew Wingard. How do you feel about that? That's a little concerning, especially going against Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, Wingard does have a lot of uh, experience, and he's been in there. So it, that's one thing you can fall back on. Obviously, he hasn't had the most success in the starting defensive role. But he, he does have experience, and I think he's a guy that you can plug in, and it's not all going to fall and collapse on you. So if you have to put him in there, you have to put him in there. Yeah, uh, like physically, like physical talent, Andrew Wingard is bottom tier in the NFL. Right? Yeah. But he brings intensity. He's smart. He's fiery. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, he's been up and down throughout. He's had some amazing performances. And he's had some absolute stinkers as well. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully you can get Rayshon back, but uh, I wouldn't be holding my breath on that. Again, in the concussion protocol, had to leave the game against the Raiders. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, you don't want to be undermanned, as you just mentioned with Dewey, uh, against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and all these guys. And then for the Chiefs, they have one player who did not participate in practice on Wednesday. That player is wide receiver McCole Hardman with an abdomen issue going on. Ooh, Hardman is one of the more – what's that? Sports hernia probably. Yeah. He's one of the more explosive and fast 
players in the league, and he's one of their many offensive weapons. If he can't play, sure, that limits them slightly, but really not a major issue for the Chiefs. I thought this guy looked like I turned on the TV I'm watching the Chiefs game. I go, wait a second. Tyreek Hill's back on the Chiefs? <laughs> yeah. This guy kind of looks like Tyreek Hill, man. He's got that short. He's fast. I guess he ran like a 4-3 at the combine. How do the yeah. Chiefs keep doing this? They get rid of the best. Tyreek Hill's leading the league in receiving, and yet they just get rid of him, and it's like nothing ever happened. You know, Pat yeah. Mahomes still has 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. He's got 2,600 yards still. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. And Hardman is very impressive. Obviously, the funny part about it is, is Hardman's doing such a good job, but he's not even a top three receiver on that team right now. Mm-hmm. They really do got four receivers that can really play and catch the ball. So that's going to be tough to stop, even if you take away a guy like Travis Kelsey, who's, we've already said, could be the best tight end in history. Obviously, right behind my first tight end in history would have to be myself. You know, <laughs> Clay is number one. That's right. My uh, 107 catches in my career beats the 107 that Travis Kelsey typically has every year. Probably so, already has 100 catches this year. Yeah, he's he's, he's dang near close. He's he's almost <laughs> 80, so he'll probably get yeah. over 80 at this point in the season against the Jaguars. But yeah, Harmon being injured could play a role because he's really come on uh, of late with with that team and. They bring in Kadarius Tony. They just reload. It's like, geez, Louise, unbelievable amount of firepower for Patrick Mahomes and this offense. Um, and they add wrinkles in here week to week. So there's going to be some stuff you haven't seen on tape, kind of like the Jaguars do every single week. These two coaches are cut from the same cloth. They came come from the same place. Their foundation of offensive play calling comes from the same place. Now their yeah. paths have diverged a little bit. They do some different things, but it's a lot of the same. A lot of quick game stuff, a lot of screens, a lot of spread formations. Um, so those are the things you'll expect to see from this offense. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes, you have this um, this foundation for this offense. And Patrick Mahomes just extends that because he's gotten really good at the quick game stuff and the mental stuff, but he's still the best improviser in the game. He can abuse you whether he's running to gain yardage or rolling out to find a throwing lane. And so I just the play I don't know how you defend him. It's never over. This guy will be spinning around, running backwards, and come back towards the line of scrimmage and then throw throw a ball 20 yards downfield. The thing that makes him so hard to defend, obviously, I'm a Justin Fields guy being in Chicago. When Fields is running, he's mostly running the ball for the fourth for the first down. The guy, you know, 178 yards last week. The difference here is Mahomes is going to keep his eyes downfield and he's going to scramble and he's going to throw the ball for a 40-yard gain. He's just so good at the improv that it makes him almost impossible to stop. And you see that's where this quarterback league is going. You see what's happening with guys like Matt Ryan, guys like Tom Brady, guys like Matt Stafford. This league is turning into a rushing quarterback league and not only rushing, but a quarterback league that can move and by time. Look at the best quarterbacks right now. Josh Allen can move. Pat Mahomes can move. I mean, Lamar, Lamar Jackson obviously is a decent runner, I'd say. All Trevor's top, a good runner. Yeah. All the good quarterbacks can move. And um, look at Trevor last week. I think that opened up a whole other dimension in his game. The fact that he could run, obviously, everybody's Justin Fields doing all this crazy stuff, but 
Trevor Lawrence had 50 some yards and did some really good things on the ground. I rewatched the game yesterday and I'm like, man, I really didn't remember him. I knew he had some nice runs, but he did a good job. He took a shot. Sometimes taking a shot will, will get you in the flow of the game. For me, yeah. until I got hit, start playing the I didn't feel like I was even playing a game until I had a big hit. Okay, I go, oh, whew, I needed that. Now I'm gonna start now I'm playing. You know, it just wakes you up. It's like your nervous system gets jolted. And you feel like you're finally warm. You're finally ready to go. That's why I always love special teams so much. If you, if you go a couple plays, you don't get a big hit on offense. You're going to find one of those on special teams. And that's how I always implemented myself into the, the game. Introduced myself was on special teams. The big hit, Jordan. What you know about that? That's right. Hey, I used to play some special teams a little bit in high school back in the day. I know exactly what you're saying. I was trying to avoid hits for the most part. I would kind of ragged all people to the ground, grab the shoulder pads, sling them. Yeah. That was my idea of tackling back in the day. But um, getting back to this contest, you know, we mentioned Travis Kelsey, obviously. Uh, you said maybe you try to take him away. If you do try to do that, like bracket coverage or whatever you're going to try to do against Kelsey, You've got Juju, who's playing great football. Not surprising at all to me. You take him out of Pittsburgh, where Ben Roethlisberger had the ruins of a strong right arm over the last couple of years. Yeah. And you put him with Andy Reid. You put him with Patrick Mahomes. And he's producing at a really high level, playing really good football. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they brought in from Green Bay. He's a guy who can push down the field. Justin Watson's a young player who can push down the field. We mentioned McCole Hardman. We'll see how he's doing. But like I said, they just brought in Kadarius Toney. Welcome to the party. The player the Jaguars wanted at 25 last year, but he went 21 to the Giants, and so they ended up with Travis Etienne. Thank the Lord, right? Uh, So, yeah, they've got – Firepower out of the wazoo. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a tough team. They got a lot going on. Kelsey's on pace for 1,400 yards, over almost 1,500 yards. Juju's on pace for 12, 1,300. Like, it's, it's a tough offense. And they do even – they got a decent run game, nothing crazy. But, you know, they got uh, Edwards, Hilaire, and then yeah. um, Pacheo. Is that Pacheco? Pacheco. Yeah. Pacheco, yeah. So they got, He's got a good young yeah. runner out of Rutgers, man. Yeah, they got a good young running game. So they got a lot of weapons and offense. But I think this defense, there's some holes in this pass defense. Has given up 17 touchdowns, only has three interceptions. There's some mm-hmm. space there. T. Law can have a good game. You get him going. Establish the run with with our boy Travis Etienne. We see what he's doing. Three straight 100 yard rushing games. The guy is just proving week in and week out how he is an elite running back in this league. He is, in my opinion, I mean, don't I don't want to be sound crazy, but I think he's top five. I think he's a top five running back. Yeah, I think and, it's fair to say that. I I think without question, he's top ten. He's yeah. probably is closer to top five just because I don't think there's another back on the planet right now, or at least in the NFL, that is running with more speed and acceleration no his accelerator is unbelievable it looks like he's moving at 1.5 times speed it does watching tape is always fun because you see how quick this guy is and and how fast he's moving so i'm i'm a huge believer in travis Etienne. i know we were all we've we've been on him since since we started talking about this and um you know we love etn but uh 
I think this defense of the Chiefs is 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 has an it's their Achilles heel. You can get the ball moving against these guys, especially this pass defense. They got a good pass rush. I think they got 22 sacks this year. It's not terrible. It's solid. Middle but, of the road, yeah. Middle of the road, but 17 touchdowns, three interceptions. Like there's some space there. I think Trevor can have a big game. Christian Kirk coming off a big game. Obviously, everybody's everybody's feeling pretty good on the wide receiver core. Dan Arnold for for Evan Ingram, maybe, but I, we all like Dan Arnold. We know he can catch the ball. He's a big target over the middle. That's one A and one B. So I really like what we're doing. Our offensive line is one of the best in the league. I think they're second in pressure rate. I mean, this is a, an impressive yeah. group of, of guys here in the offensive line. So I think this offense can move the ball. Doug's going to be fired up to play against his old coach. Want to show him a few things. Let's go, Jaguars, baby. I got a good feeling about this one. Don't count us out yet. I love it. Uh, and I agree with you. The Chiefs defense is susceptible. And that's why you've seen them give up um, over 100 yards on the ground in each of the last four games. And, you know, it started out where you had this defense where the run defense was playing pretty well to start the season. But and the pass defense was still kind of meh. Um, and the pass defense still is kind of meh to this point. But they've given up over 100, or excuse me, 138 yards per game on the ground over the last month and over five yards per carry. And to me, wow. if you're in this contest, if you're the Jaguars, how are you going to limit Patrick Mahomes? How are you going to limit Travis Kelsey? Keep him off the field, right? Yeah. Keep them off the field. Run the ball with Travis Etienne. Run the ball. With, I, would, I would get Trevor going early with the run. Not a ton. But on the first drive, he needs to have a read option or a design quarterback keeper or something to get him, like you said, acclimated to the game, get that first hit out of the way, and let's get this thing going. You saw when he was running the ball more often last week, it felt like he was more fired up. He started talking smack to Denzel Perryman, was having yeah. a really good time last week and just being himself out on the field. And I think that led to a more accurate passer. He was slinging it last week like I've never seen him do it in the NFL before. I mean – Unbelievable throw after unbelievable throw. I agree. I agree with everything you said there. Establish the run. Pass games open. Keep the offense on the field. Big win. Big upset possibilities this week for the Jaguars. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to be watching. Yeah. Now, back to the Chiefs offensive side of the ball for a little bit here. We haven't talked about their offensive line much, which is a good offensive line. They invested massively in this offensive line prior to the 2021 season. They brought in Joe Tooney from New England at guard. They drafted Creed Humphrey. They drafted Trey Smith. Uh, they went and traded for Orlando Brown. And um, so they have a lot of investment in this offensive line. And the interior, I think, is doing a great job. But to me, you look at Andrew Wiley at right tackle, he should not be a starter in this league at tackle. He just yeah. shouldn't. He's gotten a lot of penalties and a lot of, a, a lot of pressure this year. And then Orlando Brown on the left side, he's a good football player, but he's not great. He's not, he's not playing at an extremely high level. In my opinion, he's given up a lot of pressures and, you know, this was a conversation that was had prior to us getting together and doing this show together a couple years back. But people were like, Oh, Jaguars should trade for Orlando Brown and replace Cam Robinson. I did not believe that one bit, and I'm not saying Cam Robinson is better than Orlando Brown, but the amount that you were going to have to give up to get Orlando Brown and pay Orlando Brown versus what you had to pay Cam Robinson this year, I think you'd, you're in a better situation overall with paying Cam Robinson and not giving up the first-round pick. Um, but that's neither here nor there right now. Just wanted to uh, 
get in on my priors there a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the Jaguars. Yeah, is, is a place they can um they can exploit. Joe Tooney. Yeah. Joe Tooney was uh was my roommate oh. for a little bit in in New England when I had a cup of coffee there for six weeks. Yeah. Um, Joe Tooney and Ted Karras and me lived in a, a mansion in um North Attleboro. <laughs> North Attleboro, uh, Massachusetts, and um, yeah, good guy. Good guy. Love Joe Tooney. Love to see what he's been able to do in this league and the contracts yeah. he's been able to get and just the high level of play he's been able to do. I know he really wanted it when he was a rookie and he was a tough player. He came in as a third round pick, I think, and just started right away for the uh, for the Patriots, and that's not easy to do um, to play for Bill Belichick right away, yeah. but. Um, great guy, great player, and uh, you know my old roommate from North Adelaide. That's Adelaide, awesome, Boston Patriots. Little tidbit there. Yeah, I love it. What is the wildest thing y'all got into? No, we don't need to get that right now. Yeah, I got um, a funny story, but I don't think okay. honestly, you guys would be like that's. A, it's probably I don't know. I'm not going to tell. Well, well, maybe one day we'll share it. Not not today. When they play in the playoffs, how about that? Yeah, when they play in the playoffs. We'll do <laughs> I do wonder, Joe Tooney's played some tackle in this league. Like, would they be better off putting Joe Tooney at right tackle? And I think Andrew Wiley has played some guard. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. They're not going to do that this week, I don't think. But um, when you get into the playoffs, you do not want a leaky right side uh, of your offensive line. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this offense, just impossible to stop. So creative. Best quarterback in football. Tons of firepower. Just a great offense. And they're capable of taking you out of the game early. I mean, at any point, they can just catch fire and blitzkrieg you and put up points. Like, they can score three touchdowns in the span of a couple minutes, right? This offense can be unbelievable. But one thing I do say to, to Mike Caldwell, Jaguars defensive coordinator, do not blitz that man. Do not blitz Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he makes you pay. He's so good against a blitz. He can be quick. He can get it out. He can make a guy miss, and then now you're just down a defender in the defensive backfield. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of issues with blitzing him. And um, you know, Mike Caldwell. Talk about Andy Reid. You know, Mike Caldwell's staff with uh, with Andy Reid as well, and Doug Peterson. So, you know, Mike Caldwell, big game for him. Obviously, he's not the head coach, but his old employer, his old head coach, and obviously you can tell him in New York City right now with those horns yep. talking. Hey, keep it down out there. You know, say, like, <laughs> hey, man, you know, I'm in my apartment in New York City getting these horns talk. Love the city, but there'll be a lot of that. But uh, Mike Caldwell going against his old coach in practice every day, he would go against Andy Reid's offense. He's seen this offense before, but obviously, you know, you haven't seen – um, Patrick Mahomes that much, but he was on the staff in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, that, wow. against, that played against Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. So he yeah. should have an opportunity. He knows. He knows there's a recipe. If there's a recipe, you know he's got it because they they did a good job again. I don't remember the exact score, but they held them. Um, I mean, they held them to to, to a low offensive production then. And um, well, that was, game was why the yeah. Chiefs invested so heavily in the offensive line before 2021 yeah so he's seen it mike caldwell's yeah. seen it so so maybe he he knows something that we don't watch in the games if there is a recipe to slow down patrick mahomes and um if there's a guy to do it he's seen it he's been there he was on the he was on the buccaneers 
So I think can, um, he can help. He can he can put together some game plan to maybe slow this guy down a little bit. Hopefully. Hopefully they can do it. It's going to be a difficult task. And looking at the Chiefs defense, we've touched on it a little bit already, but you've got Steve Spagnolo, who he's a Super Bowl defensive coordinator. Bar, I mean, like he has, I think, won three Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator. He's had some of the most productive playoff defenses in the world. Usually his defenses take a while to really get it going. And then by the time you reach the playoffs, they're they're in full gear. But right now, one thing I'll say about Steve Spagnuolo, he's playing as much cover two as just about anyone in the league. And that is the one coverage look that you can, without question, point to and say Trevor Lawrence has struggled against those looks uh, throughout his young career. And so I think that if the Chiefs come out and they decide to do that cover two look, uh, that's going to be a big test for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I, I like um, I like this defense. I think it's a good defense. Chris Jones is is really good. I think he's a he's a he's a tough pass rusher, and uh, so is Snead, the um, the quarterback. Yeah. Which is funny to say he's got yeah, three blitzing a lot with him. He blitzes on the on the hedge there. Andy Reid loves doing that. Dunlap does a good job, and the the, the rookie uh, Carl Loftus from Purdue, the Greek freak. Um, so they have players on that defense, and I know we, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but I I still think right. there's going to be some holes there, and that cover yeah, two. Yeah, there are holes. He's giving giving Trevor trouble for whatever reason, and to me, I always thought that was the easiest defense to play against. Like you look at the Bears too; they're playing this deep cover two. There's just a lot of holes there. You just got to attack the middle of the field. I think you get you get the tight end involved. You get Christian Kirk and Zay Jones over the middle, and uh, this could be a breakout game and for Trevor against that coverage. Yeah, you just can't be too greedy, right? You have to take what's there. Yes, and he's done it against he's done it yeah. against other zone looks. It's it's the same concept in terms of you have to know what they're running and you have to know what's available against that, and you can't try to go outside of that structure. For the most yeah. part. And uh, Patrick Mahomes had to learn that because one of the biggest reasons teams went to a, a lot of cover two shells in this league was to defend Patrick Mahomes and players like him. And Patrick yeah. Mahomes went through that growth process. And now Trevor Lawrence is having to do that as well. Um, you mentioned Legereus Sneed. They're blitzing him a ton. He's definitely their best outside corner. Um, Carlos Dunlap, you said, is playing good. I can't believe he's still – I mean, he's, still, he's just been he's in the still, league for so long and so good. How old is this guy? He has to be older than me. Yeah, I mean, he was he was making plays for the University of Florida when I was in, like, middle school, bro. This is – that's <laughs> wild, that Dunlap. How, we had an age on this guy? He's got to be 34 or 35, right? Yeah, I mean, let's not call that too old, you know. <laughs> you know I mean, come Relatively on. Relatively speaking. Yeah. I'm up there. I'm older than that, so let's be easy. All right. He is – oh, uh, let's see. He was born in 89. So. Oh, yeah, he's a young buck. He's only uh, 33 then, huh? Must have got – yeah, must have gotten into the league as a, as a younger player. But anyways, oh. he's been making plays forever. Um, really good players still. They don't have Frank Clark, who's suspended for two games for violation of the NFL's um, conduct policy. 
and it was something that happened a while back. I can't even remember what it was, but he got suspended two games, was out last game. He's out this game. So yeah. not having Frank Clark is good for the Jaguars, right? Yeah. Uh, that is a win for the Jaguars. Yeah, it's big. Um, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, those are their two off-ball linebackers. They're kind of totally different than each other, which I think is a good thing because they complement each other. Nick Bolton is a big-time run stuffer, really smart, really cerebral um, football player, while Willie Gay is more of just that freak athlete that runs all over the place. I think he runs a sub-4540 or right at 4.5 at 240 pounds. Um, Gay has not been playing great. Yeah. As of late, but uh, Nick Bolton, he's a player that can make you pay. And uh, Justin Reed is another very good player. He used to play for the Texans. He's done a lot of good things against the Jaguars during his time in the NFL at safety. So that's yeah. another player they brought in this year to kind of um, shore up that back end with Tyron Matthew moving over to New Orleans. But look, Juan Thornhill at the other safety spot, not playing great. Jalen Watson, he's a rookie. He's done some good things for them, uh, but he's playing a lot. Josh Williams, he's another rookie having to start on the outside. Um, he shined during the Senior Bowl this year. Uh, I was a big fan of his game as a as a um, as a small school kid. I think out of Fayetteville State. But look, they're starting five rookies. Yeah, it's crazy on defense. It's difficult to be super consistent when you're starting that many young guys. It really is. And and it's not like the rest of the players on that defense that aren't young guys are absolute world beaters outside of Chris Jones, who is probably the second best interior defensive lineman in the league. Yeah, no good stuff. So uh, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be tough for any team to beat, beat the Chiefs. But do we think the Jaguars stay in this game? I honestly do. I think it's. I think they're going to stay in this game. Like like we were talking about, they played well against the um, against the the Philadelphia Eagles. Supposed to be the best team in the league. They played well against. Played tough. They didn't play well. Okay, they right. played them tough. They fumbled the they fumbled the game away. No pun intended. But every game they've been in, and they're three and six. But like we've said, they've got twenty one more points scored than points given up this year. They're a better team than their record says. They've stayed they've in every game they've played so far, and I don't think this is going to change. I think there's holes in this defense. Obviously, you're playing against Pat Mahomes and a big-time receiving core. But I think they can stay in this game, and I think they're going to be – if I was betting this one, I would take the points and, I mean, maybe take the you know take the upset here for the, for the win. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you can definitely take the points. Uh, you know, at, at nine and a half – the Jaguars have not lost by more than eight points this year. I think it's fair to take the points, uh, yeah. take the Jaguars on the points. But uh, straight up, I don't know. Um, I'm excited for it. There should be plenty of fireworks. Mahomes, ETN, Lawrence, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, Master and Apprentice. I just think this game sets up both defenses are inconsistent at best. We'll say that. And both offenses have a ton of firepower and great offensive minds. So I think it's going to be a really fun contest. Agreed. So if Trevor and the Jags win this one, I'll, I'll believe that they can do anything the rest of the year. I, I really will. I think they have a puncher's chance. I'm not picking them, but can they win? Yes, they can win. Will they win? That's an entirely different question. I believe they have to not abandon the run 
to stay in this game, even if they get down. You saw last week, down 17 nothing. They kept running the ball with Travis Etienne, and it worked. Uh, but this is going to be a huge moment, an entirely different test. Can you handle it in Arrowhead against Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and that unbelievable fan base? I love it. I think they have a chance as well. I think it's going to be closer than people think. Are you going to take them? I think they could uh, They could pull it off. I think I'm not picking them, but I think it's going to be close. Yeah. We're on the same boat there then. Yep. Simpatico on Believe in Jaguars here from Clay Harbor and myself, Jordan DeLugo. We both think the Jaguars keep it close. We both think the Jaguars cover. We think the Chiefs ultimately end up winning. You know, you have the best quarterback on the planet. You have the best tight end maybe ever, one of the best offensive minds ever. It's tough to go in and win in Kansas City. It just is. It doesn't matter where you're playing the Chiefs. It's tough to win, but especially when that crowd gets going. So we're going to take the Chiefs to win, but we think the Jaguars will keep it close, keep it respectable here on Believe in Jags. So we're going to talk about a couple topics here before we close out. Um, just because they're they're topical and people have been, you know, a buzz on these two things on Twitter this week. So we'll start it off with is Dewan Smoot the Jaguars' best pass rusher? I want to know what you think, Clay. The stats say he is. You look at the numbers, Dewan Smoot has five sacks, Trayvon Walker has two and a half, Josh Allen has three. He's hasn't got as many reps as these guys. I think Smoot's got an argument. I think Josh Allen is still the best pass rusher, but Smoot has an argument now. Josh Allen draws a few more double teams. Smoot has become a nice addition, a good pass rusher. And you got to throw Arden Key in there. Arden Key only has two sacks. Great preseason. Guy had a good year last year, but he's only got two sacks. Smoot well, that first sack Key. Smoot got last week, he needs, he, he needs to buy Arden Key dinner for that one. I know. That's Key true. He created the pressure. Arden Key did create the pet pressure, but Smoot has an argument. I think Josh Allen is is the best pass rusher. I think Trayvon's got a long way to go to actually become an efficient pass rusher. I think he's a great athlete right now. But uh, I'm going to say Smoot is not the best pass rusher. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And I think I'm going to do a, a show on that, maybe like five, ten-minute little clip, just talking about pass rush and and, and just – everything in the NFL is more than the more than the box score will tell you. Yeah. There's so much more that goes into it than the box score. And yes, Dewan Smoot is a good football player. He is a very good rotational rusher for the Jaguars right now. He's had an unbelievable two game stretch and he's been pretty good for the last two years, but he's not better than Josh Allen. And I'm going to do a video on that later on, probably tomorrow. Y'all can check out for that or, or check that out on the Gin Jag YouTube channel, which you can also watch these videos, these podcasts, Believe in Jaguars, on the Gin Jag YouTube channel. You can also catch them on your podcast platform of choice. Now, who is the best quarterback from the 2021 rookie class? This is a fun one. Clay, a Chicago guy and a Jacksonville guy. This is good. What do we think here? I want you to go first here. All right. I think this is a complicated question. Because when you're talking about quarterback, you're talking about what system are they running? Where are they playing? Who is their coach? All these different things. I think if you had to take a quarterback from the 2021 rookie class and insert them into 
any system and expect them to understand and process and get it done quickly, uh, I think you do take Trevor. But if you're talking about, and this is what you should do, in my opinion, you should design your offense for your quarterback skill set. Yeah. Not the other way around. You shouldn't make your quarterback skill set fit within your offense. You should design your offense around your quarterback skill set. And if I'm a, a GM or a head coach and I'm or offensive play caller, I want Justin Fields. I wanted him before the draft. I thought he was the best quarterback in the class. Uh, I still think he's the best quarterback in the class. His physical gifts are unparalleled. And I, I don't think he is there from a processing standpoint to the same point that Trevor Lawrence is at. But look, Trevor ain't perfect. Even though he is smart, he gets up at the line, he reads the defense, he has full control. He still makes some stupid mistakes. And he didn't last week, but he has quite a bit this season. And Justin Fields makes mistakes too. All these young quarterbacks make mistakes. But Justin Fields' ability as a passer and as a runner I think is unparalleled. And I think he's more accurate than Trevor Lawrence is. I thought that in college. I still think he is. I think Trevor is a, a, ahead of him mentally. But everywhere else, I think if I'm building a franchise, I want Justin Fields. Where do you, where do you rank them right now, all the quarterbacks taken there? Let's get into it here. Um, so I had, I believe I had pre-draft, I had Trey Lance ahead of Zach Wilson. And part of that was I just didn't think Zach Wilson's offense um, and, and college at BYU was really going to translate to the NFL. I didn't think what he was doing was going to translate. And I think you've seen some of that. I think he has the worst um, – the lowest floor of any of these quarterbacks just because he does not know how to manage the pocket. He does not know how to drop. Um, he's just all over the place, very messy. But uh, Mac Jones, I would have Mac Jones below all of them. He just doesn't have the physical talent that any of these other guys have. Yeah. But yeah, so I would go Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. Trey Lance is still a total wild card, right? Because you barely even seen the guy play. Yeah. Um, I, I think all of them outside of Fields and Lawrence are still wild cards. I really do. And I, I think Mac Jones, you've seen the peak. You've seen the floor. It's probably a guy who is a back-end starter in the NFL. Yeah. So I, I love I love. I think you're pretty much on here. So for me, I played in Jacksonville. I love Duval. I'm from Chicago, born and raised. So this is a tough question for me. Who is the best quarterback from the 2021 draft class? I went to both training camps this year. I saw the preseasons this year for both teams. I've watched every game for both team, both teams. I think both of them have a bright future. Even the people that are down on Trevor Lawrence, you know, before he came back and had this big win. But I'm going to go with QB1 Justin Fields as the number one quarterback in this draft class. The guys, We're about to get run out of town, Clay. I know. We're about to get shut down <laughs> over here and believe in Jaguars uh, podcast. But – QB1, Justin Fields, uh, he just can do things that that humans are not supposed to do. He can throw the ball a mile. The guy's fast. He can run a 4-4-40. This new offense that Getzies, Luke Getze set up from tailored for him is great. And they're trying to put him in an offense that he wasn't comfortable with, that wasn't utilizing his skills early in the season, and now made this change to put him in an offense that accentuates his skills, talents, and abilities, and the sky's the limit the rest of the year. I also think Trevor Lawrence is going to be – a great quarterback for the rest of his career. The, the guy can do things that 
not a lot of quarterbacks can do. They're starting to utilize, utilize his legs more. Trevor Lawrence can move. He's not Justin Fields, but this guy can move. He had 50-plus yards last week. He threw for 250 yards. This guy's a special player to round out the rest of the group. Obviously, we don't know what Trey Lance can do, what he can be. He's still a wild card. Um, Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson has a higher ceiling, lower floor. Mac Jones, lower floor, lower ceiling. So it depends what you want there. I think Mac Jones can manage a game. He can get you some wins, but he's not going to do anything crazy. I don't know if he's going to be able to give Bill Belichick what he wants and take him back to the promised land that, that obviously uh, Tom Brady had him in. So that's tough. And then obviously we'll go with Davis Mills, the Houston Texans. He struggled a little bit. Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond haven't really had an opportunity to play. But I think Fields and Lawrence will both be bona fide stars and I think one day we will see a Super Bowl, the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields versus the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Mark it down. Keep the receipts. One day there will be a Super Bowl with these two quarterbacks from the 2021 draft class. They'll be forever linked, and they're going to play against each other for the biggest game of the year. I love it. I love it. And I I think the most important thing that you said there is the fact both of these players, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, regardless of who you have at QB1 and QB2, and I said this pre-draft, they are incredible talents, they're incredible people, and I think they are going to both be stars. I said that pre-draft, I still believe that without question they're both going to be stars in this league, and you're seeing that. Um, It hasn't been consistent for either player this year or throughout their young careers, but you see it. You see the flashes, and I think they're going to get there. And Justin Fields is lighting it up right now. Trevor Lawrence lit it up last week. We'll see if he can continue to do that. Um, But, yeah, I completely agree with you, and I think that would be amazing, right? And the crazy thing is, how did Justin Fields not go number two? That's the crazy thing. Obviously, yeah, I don't know. I think he's going to make them – He's going to make these guys pay for for pass on Trey Lance, a guy coming out of FCS school that was had one year of starting, wasn't the athlete, didn't have the the arm of Justin Fields. Incredible, Zach Wilson, you know, playing in in a different type of offense, wasn't the athlete. Justin Fields didn't have that, that arm either. So we'll see. Zach Wilson though, right now is in a good situation in in, in New York, New York and. He has a chance to make the playoffs and make a run here. So he's, he's still in a good spot. Obviously, he's not playing great quarterback, though. But Salah's got a guy that's that's winning games for him. So Imagine being a Panthers fan right now. Oof. That's Passed tough. on him. Passed on him because you wanted to bring in Sam Darnold. Mm. <laughs> mm. Unbelievable. Uh, but, yeah. So I think that that's a really good way to end the show here, talking about these quarterbacks. Uh, we, we both think the Jaguars getting back to Chiefs and Jags. We both think the Jags are going to be competitive in this game. We think they have a chance to win, a puncher's chance. But we're not picking them. We're picking them to cover the points, picking them to keep it close but not win the game. It's just a really tough environment against the best quarterback on the planet. Yep, for sure. You know, we, we got to say um, we got to win – and we got to hit you guys with one more <laughs> Beautiful. Well, had a great time chatting some Jags, some 2021 quarterbacks, some Dwan Smoot, all that fun stuff. 
Um, like to remind you all to follow Clay on Twitter at ClayHarbs82, myself at Jordan DeLugo. Make sure to subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice. You can also check out the Jag YouTube where you can watch these uh, these episodes in video format. Thank you so much for tuning in, Duval. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Hopefully everyone um, survives the storm, doesn't take any too bad damage, anything like that. And we're able to get into this weekend and and watch the Jaguars play a good game against the Chiefs. That's the goal, right? Absolutely. All right. Y'all have a good one. All right. Later, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.